Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay. Mm. You just fall asleep. <laughs> Little power nap. Got, oh, you're recording. Yeah. You gotta take those two second power naps. I was no, I was contemplating getting some chocolate before we started, but I guess it's too late now. You eat some chocolate? No, it's fine. Okay. I do really want some. <laughs> just <laughs> it's fine. Hi there, this is I Only Like You. I'm Lonnie. I'm here with my girlfriend, Sine. Hello. And we are here to talk about some things today. Um, normally this podcast, you know, we talk about silly little things and talk about movies and stuff, stuff that doesn't like really matter in terms of... True first world problems. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've felt a bit guilty this last week that we spent so much time putting together a little podcast that we complain about how good our life is, basically. Um, because at the time of recording, we've just had a really bad week in terms of um, world events. Um, there was a shooting in Orlando. There was a British politician who was killed. Um, just this morning, an actor died in a really tragic um, scenario. It's really it's put a lot of things in perspective. Because um, we live in Brisbane, we live in Australia, which is a pretty good place to live compared to a lot of places in the world. Um, I don't know, it's just, the, it's just the weird thing going on in the world right now, really divisiveness. Have you felt that, Sine? Yeah, I just thought it would be good to acknowledge that we know that we're being dickheads and yeah. we know that we're complaining about trivial things that don't matter yeah. and just wanted to acknowledge the fact that obviously there are much worse things going on in the world right now than what we have to deal with. Yeah, and like last time we complained about not getting a plumber within 10 minutes of asking for one, that was, you know... We are in we are in jest when we say that sort of stuff, but you know we just like to acknowledge that we the problems we have can can, can complain about are uh, you know people will die for them in the world. Um, but just generally, though, I've I've felt and noticed a real weird thing happening in the world. Um, like you know, America with the election, Donald Trump is seemingly there, which you know seemed crazy a year ago. Um, Britain's got a weird thing going on with the um, EU debate, the Brexit sort of vote. As I said to you earlier in the week, I feel like we've almost lost the ability to disagree with someone um, respectfully mm. and I feel like people can't have a conversation about their views and reach a conclusion. It's just you're wrong and my side's right and then really violent, obviously, outbursts of that. Rather than, I don't know, people just have this need to like fight and die by their views on certain things. And I know some views are important. I'm not saying that like they shouldn't stand up for what they think is important, but it's just really, I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to say that, for example, the politician that got shot and stabbed and died in the UK 
that person who disagreed with her was obviously mentally unstable, but what part of your brain or how do you think that I disagree with this person, therefore they should die? Like how does that, how does your brain, similarly with Orlando, I disagree with how these people are living, therefore they should die? Like I just don't understand how you make that leap, you know? Well, that's because you're a good person, I think, and you don't see the world like that and most people aren't like that. But it's the environment that we're in at the moment where that sort of person can get access to a weapon or feels like they have to do that to prove they're right or something. I don't know, really. Mm. Grace Grace Helbig, who I really like when watching on YouTube, made a really great video. She has lots of comedy stuff. She made one after the shootings in Orlando and it was a comedy kind of parody video about her meeting someone who had completely opposite views but she's okay to let them be like that. And then at the end she was like, that seemed like a really easy choice for you to make. And she's like, yes, it was. Yeah. And that's the point. Like the whole you do you thing and, you yeah. know, yeah. people can be different. You don't need to, I don't know. I don't know how to even begin to make sense of any of this. I know. Like we're in the middle of an election here in Australia at the moment as well and we're lucky we not haven't had much violence or that sort of thing happen here in mm. Australia. Um, but it's not. Not the craziest thought that it might happen one day, hey. Well, I guess it's it's different. There's obviously been lots of discussion this last week about gun laws and, and things in America. And Australia have, I don't know if we have a ban on guns. What's the, how would you phrase it? Well, you can't have assault rifles or semi-automatic We weapons. can't own a gun. The only people who have guns are the you police. get a particular license. If, if you, you have like a license or you're a farm farmer, or something. that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And it was on Reddit that I was reading this really interesting thread and everyone was surprisingly um, Mm. communicating quite Mm. respectfully that America seems to have this such a strong, like, belief that they have a right to own a gun, which just isn't a thing here in Australia. It's just not a thing. The only time we've seen guns are, like, on policemen or... Mm. Mm-hmm. back when our parents used to have them before they had to get rid of them. Well, it's weird because they need the gun for defence, but they need to defend themselves from other people with guns. They only need it because other people have yeah. them. Yeah. And I think there's some arguments that it comes from their background. They, you know, came independence from Britain and they've had lots of civil wars back, you know, mm. a long time ago now. But um, I think, you know, maybe in Australia... We just became a country one day, pretty much. There was no yeah. war to fight. Right? Well, Looking back, you know, Australia as a nation, not Australia as a colony. Yeah. yeah so I don't want to get into that, but, yeah. No. There was no battle for our freedom that we need weapons to defend ourselves in the future. No, we just mowed them all down, didn't we? <laughs> and there's no threat. I don't think there's a threat in America either, but there's no threat in Australia that the government will come and we have to organise a militia to fight them off. Yeah. It's, it's just, crazy, isn't it? It's a crazy thought that they do that. I just can't even imagine the kind of stuff that, like, the mass shootings and everything happening here. I just can't even, mm. like, it, I feel really almost attached from it when you hear it on the news and everything because I just mm. can't relate to it at yeah, all. Yeah, definitely. And, but the issue is the thread that I was talking about that was on Reddit, they were talking about, and I know lots of people, lots of our friends have said, well, they just need to ban guns 
like we have in Australia. It's worked fine for us, that kind of yeah. thing. Not necessarily going to work in America like that, is it? Yeah, well, I think that's a great idea in theory. Um, I don't really see the need why anyone needs to have a gun apart from yeah. law enforcement. Yeah. But the statistics on Reddit were, I can't completely remember them, but apparently when we passed the law in, it was 96, yep. I think, to get rid of them, there were only like 20,000 guns that were collected in Australia. Mm. There are already over four million mm. in the states, mm. so already we're not even on the same mm. level with that, yeah. you know. And of the gu- weapons that were collected in Australia, none of them were assault rifles; they were yeah. like handguns or yeah. or shotguns. So which weren't being used? No, no. Yeah. So yeah. I agree in theory. It's it really. I feel like also when you say something like that you're like oh they just need to ban the guns you kind of trick yourself into being like so, yes i've made the decision good yeah. <laughs> i'm on the right side that problem no, solved well, you, well i i definitely agree that they shouldn't have the guns but you can't just ban your way into making things better it needs to be a generational change it needs to be like a, a shift in how the nation sees themselves it needs to be a change in thinking doesn't yeah. it in mindset which yeah. is harder to do and well it's like when there's a when every time there's a gun massacre gun sales actually go up yeah people are more scared because they feel unsafe yeah it's crazy but my point is um after sandy hook when all those Mm. children died yeah and someone on reddit said this as well america made its choice after that Mm. they put guns as more valuable than those children's lives by not banning them so yeah but maybe the the next generation coming through didn't make that choice. Oh, so definitely. So maybe they can make a, definitely. a change. But, yeah. but yeah. unfortunately, because the NRA is such a huge organisation that gives yeah. lots of money to politicians and Congress yeah. and everything. No, that was the time to do it, though, wasn't it? If Yeah, uh, yeah if they yeah. were going to do it, it would be after that, which is why I'm not holding my breath for this to, even though it was the worst shooting in America's history. Yeah. Because it was on a gay club as well, which there's already issues around equal yeah. rights that and people are dickheads then it about that. It becomes religious and yeah, a gay issue. It, it, and, it yeah, becomes really something hard. that it's not. So I feel like nothing's going to be done now if it wasn't done after Sandy Hook, mm. you know. But, well, maybe something will happen. Obama isn't president after this year, so maybe he can devote his whole life yeah. to guns or something like that. I don't know. Didn't you tell me that he said once it was his biggest regret as a politician that I he think so. as a as sorry the um, president that he wasn't able to yeah push yeah. that around? But how can you? How can you when you're up against this huge corporation that funds everyone know. and you know? And well, they it, seem they get heartened by it, massacre really. Yeah, they're like, see, we told you, you need yeah. weapons to protect if yourselves. Someone else in the club had a gun, you know. Yeah, that's just silly, yeah. isn't it? Like. And I, I read someone actually with a counter-argument to that. Yeah. Um, and they were saying, yes, let's get everyone in a nightclub who's been drinking alcohol yeah. to have a weapon on them. <laughs> so what, you've been drinking yeah. shots and you'd go to shoot someone who you think's the yeah. intruder and then you miss and hit someone else and then everyone yeah. starts shooting everyone else yeah. because they don't know how to aim because they're intoxicated. Like, that's just silly. It's never going to, like, work yeah. out how you think it's going on in your mind. Yeah, one guy's just there and just going to shoot dead the, well, you know... Have, this is something I've read before. Would you feel safer in a room with 100 people and 100 guns or 100 people and zero guns? Exactly, zero guns. Yeah. I um, I would be scared if we had this, if we were here and we had the same gun laws as in mm. America. Mm. Just knowing any old idiot on the street can have a gun. Yeah. And someone was saying on the thread as well about Australians are already dickheads at the best of times yeah. <laughs> when they get angry. Like yeah. imagine one of them with a gun and... Yeah. 
you know, just, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to um, relate because we just don't have that mindset Mm. of we need a weapon to protect ourselves. We just don't feel that kind of power sort of necessary. I Mm. don't know. Whereas over there, you, like you were saying, it needs to be a cultural shift. It needs to be a whole mindset change, which for a whole nation of, I don't know what the population of America is, but there's no way that's going to happen overnight. It's over 300 million, so, yeah. Mm. It's, it's not an easy job. No. But um, It'll be a long process, I think, it, if it happens, and hopefully it does, but it won't be just yeah. fixed after one. Yeah, definitely. And you're never ever going to stop someone if they really want to do something bad. You know, that's that's just a fact of life. Yeah. You know, you could have all the regulation and all the, you know, someone could still find a gun if they wanted to. But that doesn't mean you don't do anything. See, that's the yeah. thing. If they banned guns, for example, and took them off everyone, and then there was a mass shooting, then that'll be like, see, yeah. see, yeah. you all should have had your guns, and then this yeah. wouldn't have happened, you know, which is just annoying because you know exactly what what all those right-wing people are going to say. Mm. <laughs> and oh, I don't know. Look, it's got a bit heavy so far in this podcast. <laughs> it's important to talk about this sort of stuff, you know, this is more of a, a fun sort of podcast, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about important things like this when they happen. Um, I just, yeah, I just end this by saying I really hope something does change in America and around the world that we can have more of a civil debate without having to um, resort to violence. Um, but, you know, looking looking at the world at the moment, I don't know, don't know how it's going to happen. Well, moving on to something else completely different, <laughs> um, completely not as 180 heavy. change of pace. Um, we'll, we'll go to our usual topic where we um, talk about why we only like each other, why we um annoyed by someone else this week. Um, this was prompted by the other day when we were out driving. I think Sine can set the scene for you. So we live um, just outside Brisbane City area, I guess, off uh, one of the main sort of one of the main roads that link North Brisbane and South Brisbane, and it's a, like a four four lane sort of main road, almost highway ish kind of thing. Um, and there's sort of fairly long stretches between traffic lights, and this has happened to us about two or three times now, where we have seen an elderly person crossing the road on the what's it called the island traffic island instead of crossing at the lights across this main busy road that is always busy it's essentially a highway you're right yeah and i just feel like oh what are you doing (laughs) every time i see one of these people like they won't be too far from the traffic lights either and I don't want to discriminate. We have seen other people who are not elderly do it as well, and it pisses me off just as much. But I feel frustrated because the elderly man's not going to run across the road, is he, to get out no. of the danger? You know, you, you look at him in your rearview mirror and he's just shuffling along the street, you know, <laughs> with his little shopping bags or whatever and his little trolley. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, you're going to die, mate. Well, I don't even cross that way. I know it's a busy road. Yeah. And I, I always go at the traffic lights. Yeah, I wouldn't either cross there. Like no. I, but I don't know what it is. Like we've seen it happen two or three times, as I said. Like I, I just feel like 
old people are a danger unto themselves. <laughs> and very often they are, yeah. What what is my I feel like I've been put into this position as a member of society. This is why we don't function in society. Hmm. Like I'm responsible for their well being because I've seen them in possible danger. So what do I do? If they get hit by a car, I can't keep going. I've got to play stop and help them, you know? Well, you can't get out of your car and tell them off, can you? I can't stop my car in the middle of the road and escort them over safely either. Mm. And a little crossing guard. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, why is this responsibility suddenly put on me to make sure that they don't die in a well, public setting? <laughs> what do you do, though? You don't actually do anything for them. Well, no, I don't. I just... <laughs> I just don't like the pressure of it. You would just feel bad if he died or something. <laughs> well, I don't want that. I don't want to see him get hit by no, a car obviously. and it, like, scar me for life. Obviously. Or, and he'd it, die. I mean, that's the... If it um, came down to it, a car's coming really fast and he's halfway over, the car's going to win, isn't it? He can't jump out of the way. Well, I've seen cars slow down and have to stop for them because they're crossing the road at this place they're not supposed to cross. Like, Yeah. Ugh. And, like, I know it's it'd be... A tough walk, but just walk up to the lights a little bit, you know? It's not that long. It's not. No. When we used to walk around uh, where we used to live, you know, sometimes we'd walk around in the afternoon and there'd be an old guy and he would be pulling his bin in or out. Um, From the street? Yeah, to, for the bin collection, the garbage bin. And I used to wonder whether I should step in to help him or not, you know? Mm. Because... I'm a younger sort of guy and I can I could do it much easier than he. But is that the one thing he's got in his life? <laughs> Did he used to be like a bodybuilder or something and now he feels... Does he look forward to taking the bin out every day? <laughs> well, that's like the only thing he can do. And then he's that's his big job that day and I'm going to come along and just take it off him. Also, I'd feel a bit pissed off. Like if I was, if I was bringing my bin in, yeah. I'd be like, I've got this get little this, young whippersnapper. Get this punk out of here. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I've well, got this. Yeah, it can, like he's like every day of my life for the last 50 years I've done my own bin. Now this guy wants to come help me. But see, you don't want to be, what's the right thing to do there? I guess well, you could offer and then if he yelled at you and yeah. told you to get off his lawn, then you wouldn't help. <laughs> I guess so. I guess, but I, I can definitely see how older people feel, I don't know, they feel like the independence is taken away from them as they grow older. Mm. Um. So that is a fine line there. My grandparents, one of my my dad's side were a bit like that. Grandpa especially about his independence and wanted to do everything really? himself. Yeah. Well, even talking with my dad the other day, yeah, he that's... was talking about he wants to be taken out of this house that they're in in a cardboard box or in a coffin yeah. or something. <laughs> and I was like, what if you have to go into a nursing home? And he's like, no, nope, not going. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, great. That'll be a fun conversation to have in 20 years, won't it? Yeah. Hopefully he was joking, but. But your dad is a very active sort of guy. So. He is, yeah. And they mm. both my parents are really active, especially when they were younger. They played lots of sports. They met playing indoor cricket. So mm. I feel like it must it, be if if you were so active when you were younger, it must be so difficult to get old and unable to do things, and it must mm. be really frustrating. And maybe those things that you can do, you want to hold on to because it yeah. makes you feel independent. Yeah. Well, my grandpa was a footballer when he was younger and very active. He worked at the grocery store and stuff. So yeah, he'd. I think it, that was part of why he didn't um, didn't like people coming and helping him. Yeah, I mean, he appreciated him on the level, and eventually he like he must have realised he couldn't do it himself. Do but, you think um, some of it was a generational thing with him as well? Well, I think 
Like that strong man who used to do the work and the yeah, woman used definitely. to take care of the kids and, and cook yeah. and stuff. Um, I think it's more generational in the sense that old people homes are generally, I don't know, they're not, they're a recent sort of thing because people live you know, longer these days, don't they? That's true, yeah. So there was no need to go into a home. And previously that they'd move in with their kids, wouldn't they? And the kids would take care of them yeah, for the last or, few years. Yeah, or, or you know, they wouldn't live that old. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so he was very against the idea of moving into a home. Mm. But um, hopefully, like, it'll be our parents won't be that, that bad. From memory, my nan was too. Mum can probably correct me on this, but from memory, she didn't want to leave her home. She used to live with my auntie. Mm. And she didn't want to go into a nursing home either. Mm. And you can kind of understand why. Like you go mm. in there and there are some people who never get any visitors and are just sitting there yeah. in their, these nappies and just mm. being fed mush. And Especially just, when you think about they're not just old people. They're people who lived the whole life who were potentially very active when they were younger and very important in their jobs and stuff and now they're just sitting in a chair all day. Mm. Um, One old person who is very active who probably will never go into a nursing home, is a crazy old lady that lives in our apartment block. <laughs> she's pretty crazy. <laughs> she, take take the word crazy with a grain of salt because she's not disabled. I just mean... I mean crazy as in kind of quirky, sort of kooky. Yeah. I honestly think she has some form of obsessive compulsive disorder mm. and I say that because I have it as well and I can recognise the signs. She'll occasionally leave her garage door open and you'll see everything is perfectly organised and aligned, very neat, very tidy. But she lives not in the apartment next to us but the one across from that, so there's one in between the two of us. So we don't see her very often but we see her around and about and Lonnie's main beef with her is that she has nominated herself as the communal bin lady for the whole unit complex. Outrageous. That's what it is. <laughs> so she, she I'm, I'm the old guy in this scenario. <laughs> I want to take her own bin out. <laughs> you are. And she takes it off me. <laughs> she takes away your independence. So maybe it's why I'm, I'm super sensitive to, to the old guy. Maybe it is, yeah, because you know what it's like. Well, what annoys me is that she doesn't just take the bin out the morning of and then bring it back in straight away that afternoon. It goes out on a Thursday, she takes it out on a Tuesday and then sometimes doesn't take it back in until the weekend. So every <sighs> unit has their own um, really bin. general waste bin and then there's maybe three recycling bins that we all share and she takes it upon herself to take everybody's bins out onto the curb for collection on a Thursday morning. No, on a Tuesday no, I'm, say- <laughs> I'm saying it gets collected on a Thursday okay. morning. But Lonnie's problem is that the the time between when the bins go out and the bins come back in, they may as well not even bloody come back in. They may as well stay on the curb the whole time. But then with that that, that apartment block that yeah, has them out all the time. That always has their bins out, which I think Brilliant. looks awful. And Lonnie's – see, here's the issue though. If you just take your bin out, their bins are numbered as well according to our unit, so they know that it's our bin. Yeah. So if we just take our bin out, we're almost throwing down the gauntlet, are we, for, yeah. you know, that, we're making a statement. Yeah. <laughs> we're, that we're unappreciative of the work she does. Mm. But it's a self-appointed thing. You know, she didn't ask us. There's no, like, bylaws that say she's the person who does this. Like maybe if someone came around and 
was like the gardener and then they put the bins out, that sort of thing. I could live with that. Yeah. It's the fact that somebody else is touching our bin that we have no control over. <laughs> and then if I want to take something to the bin from like, what are you laughing at? If I want to take something to my bin, <laughs> sometimes it's out in the body street. You had to walk a whole other meter. And, oh, my and, goodness. And the other thing, when it's out in the street, people who just walk past put stuff in there. Yeah. There was a noodle box container in there the other day. Yeah, but when your bin's on the curb, it's public. Like, anyone can I use it. I understand that. And you don't want that I don't option. want it to be until it's out on, on the Thursday. <laughs> so you think that if she's going to be the self-appointed bin lady, fine. But be good at it. Be good at your job. Do your job properly. <laughs> God. Doesn't it? Oh, like, she's been better this last couple of weeks. Maybe she's heard me complaining about it. <laughs> But that's, she, that's not the worst thing she does, though. She also nominates herself as, like, the, the caretaker or the gardener for the complex, which is strange because we have lawn people, garden people come every fortnight yeah. on a Tuesday or something to, like, tidy up the trees and cut the grass and that kind of thing who are obviously body corporate kind of people. Yeah. And But still, she... <laughs> she goes around and does her own little tending and then she... Puts things in every bin as well. She doesn't have a broom, yeah. though. She has a dustpan <laughs> and brush. So she does the, the she sweeping. She the whole balcony. And... It takes forever. But the thing that got me is that the apartment that's next to her, she will lift up their doormat, mm. sweep underneath mm-hmm, it, lift mm-hmm, up their mm-hmm. shoes, arrange them neatly. Yeah, that's not on. You know, don't touch, don't touch someone else's doormat. That's their doormat. There's some boundary issues there. I think so. Is that common in OCD people? They have to clean everything or? Yeah, well, well, I don't, do they, there's or, different forms obviously. obviously but obviously, yeah. they did a test one time where they put a group of people who had obsessive compulsive disorder in a waiting room when there was lots of mess and everything. Yeah. And most of them tidied it. And then someone came in and said, what gave you the right to tidy that? That's not your thing. Mm. But there's no boundary like mm, that. So okay. maybe that's where it's come from. Yeah. But she... She's one of those people who also uses way too much laundry liquid. She uses Omo, which, if you've ever smelt it, smells just so strong. I'm sure it's a fine product, though. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't sue I don't us, want Omo. to be sued by Omo. <laughs> Big Omo over here. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. It's just the fact that she clearly uses like a whole bottle per load, <laughs> and we, we can, can smell it. Like our garage is the opposite end to hers. Yeah, it's it's a good. We can spell it from our apartment sometimes. Yeah, it's a good, you it's know, so 20 strong. Away. She uses so much. Oh. I think she must be a cleaner in. She like she gives real off that life. vibe, which nothing against cleaners, but I can see cleaners have a vibe, don't they? they do have They're a generally vibe. middle-aged women with short hair. Yeah. Named Cheryl. <laughs> Her name might not be Cheryl. We don't know. I've had a Cheryl who's a cleaner, and so did your parents. They did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Cheryl over there. <laughs> I think we've affectionately she's, named her Cheryl. She's a bit kooky. She's a bit insane. But, like, on the other hand, other hand, she does put the bins out, I suppose. She does. And she, it's nice having someone to tidy up the apartment yeah. complex in between when the gardens are here. And we can't really smell it that much, if you know, unless we're walking past. Listen to us backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cheryl. Sorry, Cheryl's going to come in and, yeah, slander. No. I just feel like she's got – she's – appointed herself as this caretaker of the complex and she's mm. not the owner or anything no. and she's not like she doesn't she's not employed by the owner or body corporate so i feel like she's just appointed herself as the cleaner and i don't know does she get frustrated with us that we don't put the bins out on well i like don't know Monday or here's the thing is, is is she doing it 
sort of thinking that we should all help as well? Or is she just... Because if she's doing it out of the goodness of her heart and doesn't generally generally doesn't mind if we help or not, that's fine. If she's doing it and is like, oh, these bloody num- number six people aren't doing anything, you know, that that's what get me annoyed. Maybe she's been burnt before, though. Maybe. Maybe. Here's how it works, Lon. Hmm. Maybe she was you. Maybe. And she usurped the previous <laughs> bin lady and now it's fallen onto you well, to take the rights of your bin back. What would happen if we started putting bins out on a, on a Monday and back on a, as soon as they get taken in on a Again, Thursday? Again, don't take her one independent could, job yeah, from her. <laughs> I know. Well, she's taken my job from me. <laughs> I'm the bin person in our relationship. <laughs> In between you and I, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Someone's got to be. <laughs> Might as well be me. That wasn't just so it's clear. It's not like I told you to be the bin person. You've no. just taken that upon yourself I'm to be the bin it. person. I'm a good bin person. You're good at taking something down the stairs to the bin. Well, how can you stuff that up? Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm good at it though. I keep it regular. You do keep it regular, yeah. Not very often that it's there for days. It's not often I have to ask you to take the bin out. Hmm. But the the big thing, the big, the weekly event in the bin person's life is taken (laughs) away from me, taken to the curb. Is it what you look forward to each week? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been building up. I don't really give a shit about. (laughs) (laughs) The amount of complaining that you do to me, you'd think that you do. No, that's okay. I just think that old people should. I don't know. Should they be communicating better? Should we be cutting them some slack because they built this nation. Should they? Yeah, I don't want to be disrespectful <laughs> to like our elders or anything. Obviously, this is all in jest, and obviously, we're very grateful for everything that they've done, and they've been through a hard life, and yada yada yada. They fought the war for us. However, don't cross the road when you shouldn't. Don't cross the highway when you shouldn't. Just don't have an impact on us. This is why I don't <laughs> like being a member of society. I I probably don't care even if even if they weren't old. I'd still be annoyed. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, so it's just that old people in a stereotypical way do certain things that put themselves at risk or don't take independent or are too independent when they shouldn't be. Is that what you're annoyed yeah, about? Yeah, I them? think so. Mm. I think I get annoyed when they're like Sam, right, our cat, is about to turn 17, which, oh. That's pretty old in cat, cat years. We're going to have the biggest birthday podcast for him. <laughs> We're just going to talk about everything that's great about him for an hour. That's a good one, yeah. But my point is, he's quite old, right? And he can't jump very well. Yet he tries to jump from the bed to the duchess and then mm. we'll just fall and knock everything over. And it's like, no, Sam, you can't do this anymore. Mm. You're old. And I feel like that's the same with these old people. They just have to realise that they can't do the things that they used to. So he's realised he can't jump into bed during the night, so he just asked me. He yells at me until I do it. Yep. <laughs> His personal delivery service. I'm a lift for him. You yeah. are. You're an elevator. <laughs> I just feel like responsibility has been put on me by fellow members of the society who happen to be elderly and that I feel responsible for helping them because they don't know their own limitations. Mm. But then Cheryl has taken that. The, what has she done that has annoyed you? It's been annoying. See, I don't really have an issue with Cheryl. You're the, oh. more of an issue with Cheryl <laughs> okay. with the bins. But no, as an old person, though, that's what you brought her up as. I just thought it was a good segue. Okay, it was a pretty good segue. <laughs> All right, then. So what should we recommend that old people do? Stop 
being annoying? Uh, well, because a vast majority of people over the age of 70 definitely listen to this podcast <laughs> and will take their tips from us. I just don't want us to complain and then don't offer any solutions. Fair enough, fair enough. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, Sinead. Oh, jeez. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Sam said that. <laughs> you're an idiot. Um, I don't know. Just ask for help. Take help if offered in a reasonable manner. Yes. Just, just realise you're old sometimes. That's okay. Yeah, I think I think just understanding that you're old. Mm. I think I'll, I'll be okay when I'm old. I'll take help for anybody. What makes you say that? Well, I'll just realise. I'm good at realising where I am in life. If I need help, I'll ask for it. If I need assistance, I'm not going to be weird about it, generally. Am I weird about it? No, you're okay. Like when you're like 80 and you can't type shoeless anymore, you'll be fine if someone helps you do it, right? Yeah. Look, see, here's the issue, though. We're both old people on the inside, aren't we? Yeah, maybe that's why we feel such a connection to them. Do we? Well, I don't think every other 20-year-old person is out there wondering about being annoyed by old people right across the road. They wouldn't give a shit, would they? Maybe it's because we are secretly old people. We're old souls, yeah. That we... I hate people my own age. I hate most people, but <laughs> especially... What's the ideal age that you'd like? Well, I like you. How old are you? 22 this year. Oh, 23 this year. It's currently 22. Are you 22? Ooh. <laughs> I thought you were only 20. What? I know. No, you were Why? 20 when we met. I was 19 when we met. Really? Hmm? Huh. You were 20. Yeah. And you turned 21. I know how nervous work. No, like your birthday party just after we met. You're on May 21st. Oh, yeah, we went out to dinner. Mm. That was fun. This is great podcasting right now. <laughs> <laughs> Remembering what age we are. <laughs> it has been just like a weekly segment. <laughs> you still that age? Lonnie yeah. reminds Sinead how old he is. <laughs> well, I think we've, we've covered that topic pretty well. So yesterday we went to the movies. Um, we did. We went to the barracks, which we... Palace yeah. Barracks, which we hadn't been to for a while, so it was nice going back there. Great. Was... Side note, it's all changed. Yeah. All of the food places that we used to go to get food are not there. Mm-hmm. They've all been, they're all being refurbished. I wonder if some of them might come back after they're done, maybe. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. But cinema's still there. Cinema's still great. Probably my favourite in Australia. It is a nice cinema, yeah. It's It does mainstream stuff, but also sort of art house Sort of things you wouldn't see normally, so that's really they cool. They do lots of um, foreign film yeah, festivals, festivals and really like cool. indie yeah. things that you wouldn't normally see. And that's what we saw. We saw the latest Richard Linklater movie. It's called Everybody Wants Some! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. That's true. It has two exclamation marks. And it, I'm not sure it will actually come to the mainstream cinema this year. Maybe. Anyway, great film. Great director. Do you want to give a brief description? I will. I will. Um... Yeah, three days before college starts, um, a new kid called Jake comes to where he'll be staying for the year, for college. Um, he's a baseball player and he's living in the in a house with the rest of the baseball team. And then it's just the weekend before college starts, basically. And they kind go of the to, things that they get up to. Yeah, so it's, there's not um, a strict hero's journey with, you know, uh, structure um, 
you know, a defined goal, that sort of thing. It's more of a meandering sort of story, just about what happens in those three days. Mm. So don't don't come to it hoping for a you know tightly structured, constructed three act movie, and which I, sometimes I think you do. You come to movies like that, don't you? Me, mm. yeah. That's what really got me about Boyhood, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the same director. Yeah. I didn't know anything about Everybody Wants Some before going to see it. I knew nothing. Um, only that it was set in seventies, eighties. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Um, and if someone had told me that he was a baseball player, I'd have thought it was a baseball movie, but it's not, it's not a movie about baseball at all. There's like one scene where they practice baseball. Yeah. Baseball's like the background to it. So Lonnie and I really like Richard Linklater's films. We watched the before sunset, sunrise, midnight series, um, not long after we got together, actually. Yeah. And they're, well, one of my favourite movie series. I don't know about you. Probably the best trilogy of movies. I think they're amazing. How would you rate them? Like, what's your favourite out of those? Um, I'd probably go 231. I think before sunset. You see, you really like number two, don't you? Mm. You love the ending of that particularly. The whole movie, yeah. It's great. I think I like, I'd go 312. I really liked the third one a lot. Mm. And something that Richard does in his movies is, as you were saying before, he doesn't really have a strict hero's journey to them. I mean, you look at the Before series where it's essentially Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy talking about their relationship for two hours. They just go for a walk around the city they're in, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And Boyhood. Just as a guy's life. But so it's, not, th- it's not, with Boyhood, perhaps the reason I didn't, like it as much as I wanted to was because I came in with expectations that we'd be having this is his first kiss and this is his first girlfriend and this is his Mm. first you know and it wasn't about those moments at all it was about the moments in between all those the little things and I think even Richard said in an interview that he wanted to make a movie about all those little things that you remember those little moments that you have memories Mm. of when you were a child that aren't momentous yeah and this movie is like that as well it's just three random days before the thing happens. And to be honest, at the end of the movie, I felt like something was starting because mm. it was. It does, yeah. But you said something to me yesterday, which I think is worth repeating, that no one does two people who are in love walking and talking better than Richard Linklater. And I'd agree with that. It's probably his contribution to cinema, hey? Yeah. He's really perfected that, which is what the before movies are, what certain parts of Boyhood were as well. Yeah. Um. And there's there's lots of great scenes and everybody wants some where it's two people falling in love, basically. I loved the girl who played Beverly. Yeah, Zoe Dutch, I think her name is. I have a total girl crush on her. She is beautiful and perfect and she was amazing. Everything she said was just so... Especially she was about the only female character in the film. There yeah. Are other girls in the film, but yeah. she was the only character. <laughs> yes. Which, not necessarily a, a sexist, misogynist film because it happens to be about boys but it there weren't many girl characters and it was so good that the one girl character was so amazing compare that to um the boat that rocked that we saw not too long ago yeah. for the first time which was is pretty similar in terms of the yeah ratio of boys to girls but i felt after seeing that movie it was really sexist and a bit funny because we mentioned even the female characters that there were there were so one-dimensional mm. and just there to serve 
the boys and their story. Yeah, not, I think sexists in like a naive way, not women are awful. More like men, these women are only here for the men, which, you know, not any better necessarily. They weren't trying to be sexist or derogatory. No, they just misjudged a lot of it, yeah. But I think they got away with it because it was, oh, of the era, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas in Everybody Wants Some, there was that. There was a lot of, you know, um, canoodling with women. (laughs) (laughs) But But Beverly, the main female character she was her own character doing her own thing she wanted things she had feelings and yeah she she held her own in conversation and stuff she wasn't just there as a as an object was she no so i think women were seen definitely through the lens of this jock baseball team who wanted Mm. to get laid but also were there as characters in the film yeah you know which i thought was kind of interesting Hmm. and i think this sort of movie did a good thing about not being not saying this is how we should treat women. It was saying this is how this happened. You know, this yeah, is, this is how these kinds of people treat women. Yeah, I think. in this scenario, mm. and you can draw your own conclusions from that. You know, it doesn't have to be. It wasn't saying this is awful. This is the way to treat women. This is just this is how it happened here. Yeah, I wasn't totally in love with the main actor. Mm. Um, he didn't have a, a lot of charisma for me on screen he just bored me a little bit um i think he certainly wasn't as interesting as some of the other actors well ethan hawke we love Mm. so oh you mean in in the movie movie. yeah i'd agree he but is that the point was he supposed to be plain so that we'd project ourselves onto him and view it through his experience i don't think he was meant to be plain necessarily but he was he was the new kid everyone else knew each other pretty much yeah and were part of a group already so he was he was a freshman I should point out, and the other character, a lot of the other characters were in there, like senior year. Mm. So he was, he was the new boy, the new sort of puppy everyone talked to, or whatever. Yeah. So that, that I think that was intentional. I think there are a lot of characters in this movie, which was probably one of the things that I struggled with because it was really hard knowing who everyone was. Yep. And there were a couple of people. Who looked quite similar. Yeah, for sure. So I had difficulty some, telling them apart. And, and some of the on. boys I thought were going to be more, very important weren't as important as I thought. Yeah, I agree. The two main guys that he met in the beginning, only one of them was really central mm. to the plot, mm. um, who, interestingly, is the kid from Road to Perdition, which mm. I had no idea, and mm. you said he's about to play Superman in mm. the Supergirl TV yeah. TV show. Apparently. So. Crazy, right? Yeah, I agree with what you said before. A lot of the supporting characters I found more interesting than Jake. Mm. Um, I thought that was was like he was here, he was meeting all these new people mm. and, you know, maybe some of them he thought he would be friends with and he wouldn't be and then that's that's part of the first weekend at college, I suppose. That's true, yeah. A lot of the movie was about them trying on different um, scenarios, different... um, Personalities. Personalities, I suppose, or cliques or... In order to fit in. So, like, they spent... And get laid. They commented on it in the movie. They spent one night at a disco, one night at a country bar. Um, a couple of characters go to a, a punk rock... A metal concert or something, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he ends up with the uh, at a theatre party as well. Yeah. And they're baseball players, you know, and, and, they, and there's, a, there's a sort of running joke in the movie about what they should say when someone's like, oh, what's your major? It doesn't matter to them because they're just baseball players. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? it was, at first I thought, oh, is this weird? But then I thought, actually, this is sort of a comment on what happens when you're at college mm. or even just in your 20s you try on different personas, don't you? Well, yeah, it's definitely 
Richard does these like finding yourself coming of age mm. movies so well. Mm. And that's not, this is another one, another yeah. coming of age where well, he's trying to find his click and find what he wants to be. It's a spiritual successor to Dazed and Confused, which, which had I, baseball parts. In it it did, yeah. yeah. I didn't like it at all, mm. interestingly. Um, I don't know why I didn't like it. I just, for people who are confused, that is the first, that's where Matthew McConaughey's All Right, All Right, All Right phrase came from. Um, it's originally played his first movie, and that one, yeah. one of his first movies, sorry. And it's set at the last day of high school for a bunch of kids, and it's just their night. So yeah. yeah, you can see how it's similar. Yeah, it's kind of is. It's like what happens next. Mm. And also, remember the end of Boyhood. He's at college. Just yeah, at college. This is like the next little bit of that. Richard always does these movies that are about just before the moment, or like mm. the little things that are just before the big thing. Well, you can look at Boyhood, and then this film, and then like the same sort of character could be spending summer abroad mm. and be before um, sun, sunrise. So, yeah. you know, he really has really marked out a, a, a film chronologically sort of thing, a film, I don't know, like a, a, a series of films about being an American man, hasn't he? What's that called? Like a movies that you can watch together that actually really complement each other. They could could be part of the same storyline, kind of the same spiritually universe. Spiritually connected maybe. Yeah. I feel like when I wanted to do something creative, like in film or acting, whatever, I was always really interested that movies never showed the little bits in between the big moments. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling like that when I used to watch movies as a kid. Like but what happened before they fell in love and got married, you know? Like what's the mm-hmm. little moments that no one really cares about? Like you never see someone brushing their teeth or, you know, doing the boring things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And Richard has a way of taking those mundane moments but then finding these little magical bits of them, which is so cool. But you look at what the story is, the pitch for some of these films, they wouldn't sound very good on paper, would they? No. I'd be interested if you pitched an idea like this. At my film school, if I'd have said, I just want to make a movie about, you know, three days before uni starts and they just have parties and just sort of hang out. What's the story? What's the plot? What do they want? I know. What do they yeah. drive for, these characters? Yeah. But it that's just equally as good a film and a good uh, scenario and story. I yeah. actually think it works better in a sense because it's not the usual A plus yeah. B equals C. It's just yeah. a meandering comment on what these people yeah. went through. Do you feel like Richard leaves every take going just a little bit longer? Like there mm. were lots of scenes in this movie where I thought it was going to end and it didn't. Mm. I know. Truthfully, one scene. Um, was it a car scene? Was it singing in the car? No. Oh, I, <laughs> I did go very long. Though. It, it went for ages. Cool, I was thinking when the, some of the characters are sharing some, smoking a joint together. Oh, uh, yeah. And it just kept going. But like that's what happens, yeah. I suppose, when you're, I wouldn't know. but <laughs> <laughs> No. But I just feel like he doesn't cut where you think it would cut or he doesn't. Mm. Pretty sure himself now. Yeah, I feel like he's not afraid to do a scene that's ten minutes long mm. that doesn't really serve a point, but mm. it just is what it is. I don't know. Yeah, he's done more um, general general sort of movies. Though. He's done like School of Rock, which is very much a structured sort of film. It it's is. a more popular. That's a great movie. Mainstream. It's still it's still a great movie. Yeah. So it just that just sort of shows that he can do those sort of movies and. Um, oh, these definitely. Sort of I'm movies. not saying that he he can't do those movies, and that's why he's doing this, but. I don't think anyone can do 
this format as well as him. Yeah, what I mean is he must know how they work. He's really sure of how these work and how all the movies work so he can do these ones so well. Yeah. If someone else was pitching, we'll just do a movie where stuff happens, you know, people talk and then it's over, maybe they wouldn't be as good. Yeah. You know, it's not just the scenario being different that's good, it's him Yeah. how he does it. Yeah. I, I totally agree with your point about no one does walking and talking about love and mm. life as well as he does, like just – Two people just having a conversation about nothing and everything mm. all at the same time. He's just. I wonder if they'll do another before movie in a couple of years. They were talking about it. Yeah. I kind of like where Before Midnight left off, though. I uh, felt like it was they, a really nice. They could talk about old people, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could, yeah. yeah. I just feel like I loved that movie. I loved where it ended. I felt like it all came full circle for that trilogy. Before Midnight. Yeah. yeah I don't need another one. Yeah, fair enough. Well, maybe you could do something more spiritually yeah accessing it yeah, but to be honest it, i would watch anything that richard did yeah. because he's amazing and mm-hmm. now i feel like watching the whole before series okay. <laughs> <laughs> so overall i guess we really liked the movie we both liked it mm-hmm. what would you give it out of five five sams how many sams would you give it oh you would five sams out of five you give it five sams out of five well i think you should go see it you should definitely go see it yeah i think i'd give it Three and three quarter stars out of five. Why would you give it that? <laughs> because I thought three and a half was too low, but it wasn't quite a four star for me. Okay. So I want to do three and three quarters. Okay. Why can't I give it three and three quarters? That kind of makes sense, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't you give it like a seven out of ten though or something like that? Yeah, but I'd already given us the rating of the five okay. Sams. Right. <laughs> so three and three quarters Sams. I um I guess that'd be his Everything but his tail. His tail, a star and a half, star and a quarter. Well, his tail would be a star, wouldn't it? At least. He's a good tail. <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> no, I think the movie, why why I gave it five in that this sort of scenario was that it did everything it wanted to do. It knew what it was, did it well. Fair enough. But it, it didn't quite connect to you. That's fine. That's why you've given it three and three quarters. <laughs> Why are you rolling your eyes You're at me? Like everything but that. a sand tail. <laughs> All right then. So we've been a bit real in this podcast. We've complained about old people, complained about the state of planet Earth, and we saw a really good movie. So that's we, a good that's a good moral, I think. Have we ended on a positive? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll be back soon. We're about to go see Independence Day Resurgence. And the next few days. We haven't even seen the first one. I want to go see it though. I want to yeah. find it somehow. How are we going to know what happens last time? Did the aliens win? Um, given that the entire population of the movie is humans and they're fighting against aliens again, I think we pretty much know Why what are happened. Why are they back? Well, that's what we have the, to see the, the movie. Mystery. <laughs> the mystery here. Alrighty then. We'll see you next time. Bye. Why did you laugh at my three and three quarters? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.